Oh, g'day losers. Now this is actually one of the, just one of my lessons from Box Hill Institute back in 91. But I thought it would be good to teach you also. So here goes. Look, I've told you about Kevin Hawthorne and his hype of ninjas doing pranks on me before, right? These guys, one night, a few weeks ago, took it too far. It's one thing to have a joke, but it's another thing to push it over the line. It all went bad when I decided to get revenge on Hawthorne and uh, sneak into his impoverished granny flat in Burwood and stay there until he caught me naked. That was the plan. So I was taking video footage of him working out in his backyard. He was doing all his exercises, the usual screaming demon ninja drunk moves. Uh, and he, he was set it up so that uh, he, his target was a sort of a map of Ricky May's body. So after taking down, after taking photos of Kevin Hawthorne and his ninja losers for five weeks, funny enough, his ninjas never saw the hefty white Labrador Sir Reginald Saltner, or yours truly, peering at them from a few yards away in the granny flat, sitting in the open, gazing at them in a heroin stare. Not on heroin, just some medicine acquired by Fuzzburn and Jody Widdishen, which helps me focus on not killing people. But anyway, um, okay, stop. All right, random story time. On the side of a panel van is a fantasy art picture of Melbourne being decimated by an atomic bomb, while the Iron Maiden Eddie character plays guitar. And across the image is painted the slogan, something happened. I quite like that, quite like that idea. Also, here's another one. During Box Hill's Bicentennial celebration, Sergeant Milburn and Sergeant Bringsfiggy lie to me, telling me Ned Kelly's gold was hidden in Swan Hill in order to keep me away. It didn't work. <laughs> there is actually a lot of gold buried around, all around Victoria, um, mostly hidden by bush rangers, some of it by toilet politicians. Uh, people wouldn't expect um, supermodels, there are military generals, convicted criminals, uh, child actors, children who's, who are in the witness protection program. A lot of people bury gold in different parts of Victoria and if you're careful you can often see it because they try and cover it up by building cemeteries around it, like headstones and things. So when people um, see them digging a big hole, oh, yeah, okay, it's just an undertaker digging a hole. So it's sort of a cover-up. So there's actually quite a lot of fake cemeteries all around Victoria. And you can pretty much tell because the real ones are marked out on the Melways and the fake ones aren't. So if you come across one, if you're ever in the country, look at your GPS or whatever and see if it's on the map. And if it's not, there'll be treasure buried in there somewhere. So keep your eyes peeled. So back to the Kevin Hawthorne stalker story. I realized I needed to take it up a notch and got the magnificent and flavoursome idea to dress up in this was the idea. I would dress up in Kevin Hawthorne's dead grandmother's clothes. 
Now this didn't go down well when Kevin actually busted me, put his, her clothes on. It was her wedding dress, actually. Luckily he was chained up in his ninja leatherman suit, so he couldn't catch me as I pole vaulted out of his cranny flat over the fence, then headed to the Green Lantern for a wine and a wedding dress. They didn't flinch and thought I was cooler than Nick Cave in a prison man character. So two weeks later, I was homeless again, sleeping in the closed underground toilets on the median strip, Whitehorse Road and Box Hill. The problem with sleeping there is that there is actually a minotaur which sleeps there most nights. He's pretty placid when he's sleeping, but if you wake him, he'll, flat, oh, he'll flatten you out like a V-line train hitting a Bendigo pedophile. So it was, I was sleeping down there and somehow I got a visit from one of Hawthorne's ninja apprentices called Spiller. So he gave me a note to meet Hawthorne at Waddle Park near the old tram in 20 minutes. What did I do? Started my vehicle up, of course, which was parked on top on a special platform I had built on top of Box Hill Burgers so I could drive up and down from street level and it had a crane that would lift my car up there overnight. And I hit my nitrous button so I could be there in five minutes and set up an ambush for those bloody monkeys. So I got to Wattle Park in 3.5 minutes as planned, well, at 1.5 minutes under time, if I can uh, blow my own trumpet a bit. It was full moon, there were lots of uh, there's a lot of fog, a lot of dogs or frogs chirping up in the trees. And I hid my vehicle in the bushes and watched what was going on. Sometimes you just gotta watch, keep very still, keep your eyes open. And I could see ninjas flitting around all of a sudden, going here and there. Kevin Hawthorne stepped out of his Bedford van with nunchucks and a ninja stars. Rev me engine, started speeding towards, and the oblivious, oblivious and criminally deceptive maggot, he saw me and he stepped back into his van. He actually started a chase around Waddle Park, which lasted for at least five hours. As I realised there was now two twin vans chasing me, I tried to get away, but behind every tree there was a booby trap, an explosion or some ghost-faced serpent who had nothing to do with anything in that scenario. So I'm weaving around trees, avoiding fire attacks, ninja rage, Kevin's nakedness and there are shooting fiery arrows at me. Mate, it was on for young and all. Next thing I know, I'm out of nitrous, totally out. My car's had all of its panels removed. I'm just in a chassis now, just like a skeleton, you know? So I've managed to exit Wattle Park by an unused pond, luckily, one of the few unused ponds in the whole joint, and sped down Elk Road. I then had to name my car Skeletor, because it was Skeletor, and proceeded to rob at least 15 retirees, including Hawthorne's dead grandmother, while she was taking down his ninja traps. Touche, maggot. Just to clarify, folks, these ninjas that Kevin Hawthorne had trained were less scary than taking a dump on the third rail. Most of them were 12-year-old nerds or 45-year-old 45, 45 fat pirates with Metallica t-shirts trying not to urinate into their oversized black tracksuit pants. I was never scared of that near-death situation. It was more apocalyptic than anything else. Just run-of-the-mill sort of thrills and skills. I thought, now, 
there's probably a bit of a shock for people to see a chassis driving around in the eastern suburbs at night, isn't it? I mean, you usually got the full bodywork, the full shebang, panels, everything. But with time and the warlord on my side, all I can do is scream at my own madness and travel at about 150 kilometers an hour to erase my demons. That's what happens when you push a man too far, especially when he's with his healthcare card, waiting for things to get better and better until his dream comes sweet. The cops tried to tell me it's all roadworthy, but hey, skeletal skeleton, and it is what it is, cistern or no cistern, I'm ousted into the next connection whenever I step into that little fast car. <laughs> a next dimension called the Hell Highway. What I learned from that inspiring night came out in what I would label three bullet points. Bullet point one, I ended up winning that fight with vicious and steadfast rage. Bullet point two, I got an awesome new car called Skeletor, which doesn't need air conditioning. Point number three, I got some wicked time with Barry Synergen at the Green Landon playing some space jazz while doing trips and glue. Next week I'll be telling you some very priceless and very valuable and very gorgeous information about what I do for a job slash unemployment, such as cruising the streets as a vigilante. Uh, I'll tell you, tell you a bit about the places I patrol, the dogs I murder and protect, uh, and so on and so forth. So see you next week, players. I've got a mess of headache and I'm about to vomit on myself. Catches. Catches.